Welcome. Welcome to this week's um, episode. I always say this week's episode, it's actually this second week's episode. Um, anyway, <laughs> semantics, isn't it? It's uh, welcome to this episode. Hope you're well. Um, it's been yeah, a couple of weeks since the last episode. Very busy. Um, thanks for anyone that's checked back in. First episode, last episode, a tribute episode was the first episode for a while um, that um, or was it the first episode for a while I can't remember actually or did I do one before it was like a welcome back was there a welcome back season two? Oh, there was yeah see I can't even keep up myself but you know it's all fine <clears throat> so uh, today I did that usual thing of um, having an idea and it quickly became kind of chaotic and overly ambitious which is um, which is fine um, but quick swig of water but uh, yeah so there'll be there may be some logistical chaos going on in this episode um, which basically involves putting different hi-hats on my hi-hat stand because <coughs> um, uh, I decided to um, I was going to put the hi-hat in the, the other room with the, with just with the uh, with this vocal mic, you know, I've got this um, NT two A thing, Rode mic, which I use for the podcasting. And then I sort of it just became easier to actually just come and sit at the kit and uh, and use the drum kit template for this. But then it was just it meant having to swap hi hats over inside here and hopefully not smash into the um, to the 452B EKG microphone, which sits above the hi-hats. Um, and that's not a product placement thing, by the way. It's, uh, I was going to talk a little bit about, you know, the mics that I use. Um, so, um, yeah. Um, where's it? 451B, sorry, not 452. I always get the 421, is it the EKG 421s? Those amazing Tom mics and the four five one B mixed up the numbers. I just I get lots of things like that mixed up. Uh, but yeah, um, for this episode, yeah, it's about hi hats essentially. But uh, just before that, just wanted to just talk a bit about the last couple of weeks and uh, a couple of messages I had from people about the last episode. Um, some people uh, seem to enjoy. A little bit talking about some uh, drummers and bits and bits of tributes to people and remind just reminded I think reminded some people of some stuff they've maybe forgotten about or hadn't listened to in a while you know etc a bit nostalgic and um, yeah it's always difficult that thing of being a musician or an artist or you know someone who's kind of been creative and yet this sort of um, the British thing of um, being nostalgic, you know, and um, and having that kind of, uh, you know, looking back on things and um, being a little bit, uh, what's the other word I'm looking for? But uh, anyway, you know, it's, uh, it's very, very, it's very easy to sort of look back 
and just bathe in the past and just be in the past and you know and it was always better then and this was great and that was great and you know some things we have a we have a connection to and uh, you know if you're i think the older you get the um you know the the sort of more nostalgic we get but uh, sorry this is like turning into some weird sort of reminiscing uh, thing which is not supposed to be um but i was i was thinking about some uh, hi hats that i used to have that i no longer have before I started filming this, and I was a bit sort of like, oh, it's a shame I haven't got them, and I haven't got those hi hats, and I haven't got them, and yeah, blah blah blah. So, but uh, but yeah, it also reminded me of some uh, a couple of people had sent me some nice messages about last episode. So if you haven't checked that out, have a listen. But moving forward um, into the present, at least, um, yeah. Got quite a lot on at the moment, learning quite a lot of music for a couple of shows I'm doing next week and the week after. So it's been quite full on. It's been quite nice being organised with learning. Um, I'm also back at work, which is very, very busy. And uh, so, yeah, just it's just suddenly gone from uh, very not drums and uh, kind of just DIY things and other things like that, allotments and stuff, to suddenly very muso, very music, muso-y. Uh, lots of learning, lots of stuff going on at work. Um, so it's been, yeah, it's like a suddenly feeling like I might get back into being a bit uh, more match fit soon, you know, which is what I'm kind of hoping for. Um, and... Yeah, sort of wanting to get back into practicing as well and the lessons thing and uh, it's uh, I don't want the sort of pl the, the playing and the gigging side of things to sort of dominate suddenly and then there's no space to to carry on with all this stuff that I've been working on and then it's just actually finding the time you know when you're very busy doing other things and it's also it's not just time it's energy and headspace you know one may have time but one may not have the inclination and that's a big that's one thing to remember when we're trying to practice and, you know, we're trying to stay on top of things is just remembering that aspect. I think a lot of people, well, I've certainly made a mistake a lot in the past of going, I must make more time and then make more time and then suddenly don't feel the inclination um, for, for a whole whole load of different reasons. But, um, but and, and a lot of the reasons get resolved when one acknowledges that one hasn't considered that aspect, you know. Yes, I've found the time. Now do I actually want to use that time to do this thing? Do I feel like doing this thing? Am I seeing the value in doing this thing? All that kind of stuff. It's so complicated, isn't it? Um, it's about sort of being efficient and about keeping on track with things. And, I, you know, some of my friends are very motivated people and they seem, I'm always in awe of how kind of focused they stay on, you know, whatever they're um, involved in at the time. Um, so I just realised I'm going to take this symbol off here because it will be in the way. Uh, it'd be nice to get back into playing some crashes again. My the kit here at home, I've um, gone from having three rides to having suddenly just having the one and two little small crashes. Quite nice. Anyway, I digress as usual. Um, so yeah, busy, 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 busy. Wanted to get back into practicing and uh, and then of course there's this thing of having to learn 
uh, a load of music. Well, learning music for one show actually, and then re, you know, just kind of reacquainting myself with the music of another show, um, which I haven't done since uh, since well two summers ago. Uh, last last time we did a, a disco classical show was in um, Liverpool in August, July, August uh, nineteen. So there's supposed to be a few shows last year that's got cancelled and they got moved to this year. And the only show that's survived and is happening this year is the one that's happening on the 18th down at Henley Festival. So, um, yeah, it's been a bit of a weird one because normally there's normally one or two or three shows with that. So you kind of get a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a run into it. And this is just one show, you know. But um, it was nice the other day to just... I had the, I've got a new copy of the pad. It's just very nice to have a new pad. That's for reprint, because the old pad had become a bit shabby and dog-eared and uh, had, uh, had a couple of small cymbal case disasters. And any drummers out there, which is obviously everybody listening to this, will know what a cymbal case disaster and a pad means. Um, you know, once you've once you've shoved a ride symbol or two into a symbol bag at the end of a gig and forgot you put the folder in there just before that and uh, you know what's going to come out on top uh, a flimsy piece of paper or a massive disc of uh, metal i think the metal's going to win so this pad had been scythed a couple of a um, couple of times and also they they changed the order of the show and and put a supplementary pad into this nightmare so on the show last time i had to I had to change between pads during the run and it's just bang, it's just tune, 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 you know, and it's really involved. And um, and it's, you know, it, there's, a, there's an ad hoc element to the show in relation to what's happening on stage. It's always slightly different than what's rehearsed because for a number of reasons, you know. Um, and so... I'd sort of asked for a new pad when I've... So I got the new pad. It's nice to go through that, and it's all lovely and clean. I'm able to just put some of my old markings back on there, and uh, which is nice. And, yeah, so that's that. And then, yeah, the other thing is uh, I've been sort of digitally reorganising the other stuff I've been practising, which has been good. Um, and it's nice to be able to edit PDFs and put your own sort of... type your own stuff onto a uh, onto a part you know it's already a good part but you just put your own little notes on there and then they just look like they've been put on there by the arranger it's quite nice that so i've just been doing that in fact i've been doing that today actually sunday um so yeah it's pretty full on the moment um but anyway so that's been that and uh, so we're on anyway i wanted to talk today about hi-hats um and it's almost like, I think I did an episode a while ago, if I remember rightly, on symbols, I think. Uh, could have been a long while ago. Um, let me look through my list while I'm um, just, yeah, thinking about, uh, look at this here, a list of podcasts. If we go back to... Um, must be a while ago. Did a thing, couple of things on brushes, which uh, seems to have gone down well. Um, Symbols, a journey. There you go. Which is uh, episode um, episode 
not yet or not um, specified, which is highly unprofessional of me. Sorry about that. Uh, 10, 11, 12, uh, episode 14. So quite a while ago. Um, episode 14 of... This is episode 56. Um, but yeah, so that that episode will inevitably involve a little bit about this, um, the old sock symbol vibe. Um, this amazing contraption on this stand. Uh, and I'm not going to talk about the history of the hi-hats today, by the way. It's not, it's not a kind of lecture on the hi-hat. It's about my hi-hats, the hi-hats that I own at the moment. Because um, I've had, a, I've had a, two or three questions about my hi-hats, and I've had some questions about some new hi-hats I've just bought. Uh, so I just thought I'd talk about the hi-hats that I've got and why I've ended up with them. And some of the hi-hats that I had, not to go down some reminiscing rabbit hole, but just to talk about um, wh well, what they were, why I had them, why I sold them, and why I regret selling some of them um, as a warning, warning to you. Um, you know, I'm terrible for this thing, but really... I always think if you bought something and you've used it and you've liked it and then you buy something else which becomes the new thing I my vibe with symbols particularly and this is you know um, and again I don't really live by this but my I mean this is total hypocrisy by the way what, what, what I'm about to say and uh, and continues to be hypocrisy but it, it's maybe something that I might change going forward from now um but if you've bought some hi-hats that you really like and you've used them for ages and then you buy some different new ones and they become the new vogue and the new thing my thing has always been to to get rid of stuff um because i think it's kind of good to sort of move things on you know and and just be in the thing that you're in the thing that you're playing but of all the different things that I've bought in my life drum-wise, um, the thing that I've... Uh, the, the biggest regret I have of, of all the things that I've sold of different parts of the drum kit. So I'm just adjusting the microphone here, which seems to be having a bit of droop. There we go, that's better. Sorry about that. Might be a few mic noises. But, yeah, the... Um, the one thing that I regret selling, or the one item of the drum kit, which I most regret selling, um, and this is because if I said to you, I regret selling a drum kit, uh, there's only one drum kit I sort of regret selling, and actually, even in hindsight now, thinking about it, I only regret selling it because I love the bass drum. And uh, a certain bass playing friend of mine uh, also loves that bass drum. And, and I no longer have that bass drum. Um, but the rest of the kit, to be honest with you, I mean, the, the, the 14 by 12 uh, hanging floor tom was, sounded phenomenal. Uh, but um, the rest of the kit was, was great, but it was nothing that I haven't missed, to be honest with you, since. The snare was a very, very good snare. It was a DW kit that I bought in uh, 91. It was a Keller shell. Um, and it was a nice kit, that, yeah, but the bass drum was amazing. And the closest thing I've now got is this Phonic 20, which is, um, which is, yeah, yeah, pretty, um, pretty close, actually, to be fair. Uh, 
and and slightly different, but it's it's got that quality about it. It's got a kind of something about the is like a sort of core sound to it that really connects with um, like the center of a beat. You know, that's the only way I can describe it. It's not got a woolly longness about it. It's got a very definite beginning. Um, or in the words of Bill Hicks, a very definite end to this thing, but I don't want to go into that. Um, so, so yeah. Um, but And snare drums, there's one snare drum which I sold uh, a number of years ago, which uh, I may be able to try and find the person I sold it to. I've just got uh, his contact number, actually, and uh, I'm trying to find a way to contact him without just sounding like someone coming out of the blue and saying, have you still got that snare drum I sold you? Without, uh, without having any other kind of... You know what it's like, you just suddenly... You know, I don't want to bring somebody up out of the blue and not have a conversation with them, but it's uh, finding the time to do it. Um, but yeah, it's a snare drum that I'd like to buy. Actually, which is a DW snare drum, bizarrely, 13, uh, which I sold to uh, to an old friend of mine. Um, and he probably wouldn't want to sell it. It's a really, really great drum. And I only want to buy it back because I heard it on an album that I made, that I played on a number of years ago, and it sounded really good. Uh, so... I was that wasn't that was I can think about that um and then when I get into symbols the bigger picture of symbols there's very few symbols that I've sold uh that I really regret selling genuinely I think now I mean there's one ride symbol that I sold um which was an agop signature 20 I sold it to a guy who's a very good young drummer called um Ewan Palmer, um, pretty sure that's his name. I think that's his name. I've not seen him for a long time. Not seen him for probably for ten years, um, probably longer than that. Um, but uh, and he'd just gone. I think he was he was at, studying at Birmingham. He's in his second or third year or something. Anyway, I had this symbol, and I just I don't know. I can't remember if remember how he knew I was selling this symbol. But I had an Agop signature twenty, and he wanted really wanted to buy it, and he came and played it, and yeah, he sounded great. He bought it. And, uh, that's uh, it's a nice symbol. I remember I, there's a couple of gigs I remember doing with that symbol, and they were great gigs. I remember just the symbol sounded nice, and but you know it went to a good home, which is a good thing. Um, some of my other things that I sold didn't go to such great homes, but some of, uh, a lot of the symbols that I've sold have all gone to really good homes, and so a lot of the other rides that I've sold over the years, really nice symbols, all went to really nice homes. Um, and uh, I don't regret selling any of those things. I'm, in fact, I'm really happy with the people that bought those symbols. Um, I think pretty much all of them still own them and, and they use them and they sound, they really sound great, you know. So, uh, but hi-hats, hi-hats is a different thing. I, I can sort of name about six pairs of hi-hats that I wish I hadn't sold and wish that I still had, you know, which is quite sad. Uh, and there's a pair of hats that I lost as well, which is even more regretful because they were a gift from my good friend Lee Mullen. They were a pair of uh, 60s A hi-hats. Um, they had that kind of shaft sound, you know, that sort of, that kind of cinematic funk kind of sound, if you know what I mean. So they weren't the kind of K sound, they were the brighter 
Um, and they, they weren't amazing hi hats. They were nice hi hats. Uh, and I used to basically, I used to use them when I went out and did. I used to do a lot of workshops, and I used to do a lot of workshops that had potential for 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 kids. Um, to basically come and play, come and smash, smash my drum kits pieces, basically. Um, and uh, one, I used to, I used to play, I used to do a lot of workshops with um, a music therapist called Chris Bridges, brilliant guy, um, amazing musician. But I used to work with him quite a lot, uh, years and years and years ago when I was just sort of freelancing around. I used to love doing that work, and we used to work at a couple of schools, particularly that were special needs schools, special schools. <clears throat> they were great schools to go and work in. Uh, uh, but some of the kids were really full on with the drums, you know, because they really connect with the drums and, the, the you know, just that physical thing of, of being able to physically move and connect with something and then make a sound, you know. And the sort of consequence of that movement is sound. And then to not be, just to not be told off, you know, for make... For, for expressing your uh, bodily movement in that way and, and making a sound is a very positive thing, you know. Um, but to be frank, I didn't take, you know, at the time I had a really nice Gretsch snare drum and, and, I, and I, you know, I was quite careful about the drums and stuff that I took with me to those workshops. Uh, not only those, but I, did, I was doing lots of other sorts of workshops, doing a lot of workshops with just uh, young kids in schools, you know, and playing for them and occasionally come up and have a bit of a go or whatever. And most of them were very, you know, very, very respectful. But occasionally you get some of the kids who just come up and like just whack the drums, you know, and what have you. And I used to I used to take those hi-hats with me on a lot of those workshops and gigs and things, you know, because, um, because they weren't the hi-hats that I was using for playing... Um, like my jazz gigs, you know, my gigs that were um, like now my 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 first choice symbols for for recording jazz gigs, depending on the style of music, are you know these um, Mattia Borgis uh, fifteen and a half, so my thirtieth anniversaries, you know, and uh, I don't I don't use them really those hi hats for anything else, uh, or or I use them here at home, you know, when I'm recording, but they don't. Um, um, you know, when I'm playing jazz gigs and whatever, they're, they're the symbols of choice because they're, they're sort of, you know, they're really the that, that sound that I'm after in that music and very buttery, and they're, but they're, they're expensive symbols, you know. Anyway, um, but yeah, I left those, those Zildjian A's, those 60s, I left them somewhere um, by mistake um, on a hi-hat stand when I was doing a, a workshop. So the kind of whoever the school was or I was playing at or whatever uh, there was some weird consequence as to why I couldn't get them back I think I was doing something um, in a in a place that wasn't that the, the the people we were working for were also came into this place and I ended up putting these high outs on another stand and uh, it was just very complicated. Anyway, I, well, that's what I think I did. I don't know. Um, I don't remember how I lost them, to be honest with you. Anyway, the, you know, they they were one pair that got away, but I didn't sell them. All the other pairs I sold, and um, I tried to buy a pair of them back recently, and the guy I sold them to, his next student, he'd um, he'd sold them. And um, 
I sort of have this little rule or an agreement with, with people that I sell symbols to, especially students. I always say to them, you know, I do, I do them a good price. Very, very, very fair. Um, and I always say to them, if you're going to sell them, could you drop me a line just to let me know you're going to sell them because I might buy them back off you if you would if you'd sell them back for what I sold them for as long as they're not knackered or anything you know and uh, of course you know this guy hadn't I mean he must have maybe he just needed the money and it was something but he bought something else and then they were a really nice pair of um, Istanbul Oms generation one 15s um, like the, for instance they did um, those symbols did all the Tom McRae the Tom McRae stuff in, in 2010, um, all the stuff that I did, the big long tour we did and stuff, those symbols were, use them in that music and Tom liked them because they weren't bright, happy symbols, you know, they were dark, um, they were very dark and, but they were, you know, they were very nice symbols in, 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 for that music, you know, but they weren't, um, they weren't your usual bright hi-hats, you know, and I don't tend to go for them anyway, but I do have, a couple of pairs of nice hi-hats like that for, for recording, but I don't tend to gig with them, you know. Um, but anyway, just as a warning, I just, if you, I don't know, people, I'm most, I think most people are more like this, but not everybody's like this, but I think, I think my view about selling stuff on has shifted slightly in the last couple of years. I, I think the amount of times I've, I've lamented about, um, these Hyatts that I sold, like the 14 Zildjian Vintage. When I got my Istanbul deal in, um, I don't even remember when that kind of, that arrangement happened. When I met Barry Race at BR Distribution, John Andrews introduced me and, in you know, we had this kind of conversation about becoming an Istanbul in Dulce and stuff, uh, which I was for, for many years. Um, uh, and still, you know, predominantly use those symbols anyway because they are, they are my sound and they are the kind of my favourite symbols, really. Um, pretty simple happy at the moment, you know. Not, uh, but the only things I've bought recently are the new, these Matthew Borges things because I wanted to try some different symbols and I uh, really like the symbols he's making. And uh, and he's not massively expensive, you know. They're not, they're not cheap, obviously, but he's very he's very reasonable for the fact that he's... You know, he's, he makes them himself, you know. Uh, but, uh, yeah, when I met Barry, you know, the, one of the things that I needed to do to fund this new Istanbul addiction, and, uh, and it also coincided with um, a tricky time in my life as well financially, but uh, I needed to kind of move on um, stuff that I had, you know, so... Um, and I've talked all about If you listen to that episode called Symbols, um, A Journey, you'll hear you. I've told this story already, so I'm just going over old ground here. It's very boring. Um, but I did sell these A-Vintage hi-hats. So these these are the, the A-Vintage range, the, the Avidus Vintage are these new. They're, you know, they're a new range. They're not vintage symbols, but they're designed... I don't really know the backstory of them, but I used to have a pair of 14 Hi-Hats. They were absolute corkers. They were peaches, you know, beautiful symbols. And they were my kind of, they, they were my stalwart symbols for a while. They were replaced by some 14-inch special edition Jazz Istanbul Hi-Hats, which were beautiful. And I sold them to a, an ex-student of mine who's still got them, I think. And they're really nice. They were really nice symbols. But I kind of moved away from the 14 thing for that sound. 
to the 15 thing, you know. Um, so I got the arms, and then I, and then eventually I bought these lovely, these lovely 15, um, these 15 inch 30th anniversaries. This is the second pair in the UK. Um, I uh, was down to have the first pair, which came into the country, and I couldn't get up to buy them, and they. Uh, Barry ended up having to a shop really wanted them because they had a customer that really wanted them and and it just didn't quite work out. So and then and then these came into the country. I went I went straight up and tried them and, and I loved them actually. Uh, uh, so uh, again, I might not have even liked those other ones, but I had to go up and play them. Uh, and I didn't want him to send them to me in the post and then have to send them back and stuff. I wanted to go up and try them and. So I got these. These were the second pair in the UK, um, and now they're they're very established symbol. There's quite a lot of them around. Um, not a lot of secondhand. A lot of new. I did consider selling these uh, recently, but I did something to them uh, very recently, which is kind of well, it's confirmed that they're going to stay with me um i think part of it was i did it subconsciously i think but uh, it was what well, a conscious decision i wasn't i didn't do it in my sleep or something but i i made this decision so i was having a lesson with john riley uh in um i can't remember when it was it was, uh, it was january or maybe february and i just bought the the matia uh, high outs the 15 and a halfs which are down here on the floor um, and I was talking to him about high hats uh, and I was saying oh these are the, the, the lovely they've they're, they're buttery and soft but they've got the detail which is often something which is hard to achieve you know and I have to say these 30th anniversaries they 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 kind of they, as a, a, with a, with Istanbul symbols, a lot of the time, my view is this, and I might be wrong, uh, but it's my it's my my experience and my view uh, is that they are slightly more they're slightly harder symbols to play, I think. But when you're on your on your game on your A game, they're very rewarding. You know, so I found when I had my Zildjians and um, Sabians as well, but I mainly had Zildjians. I have to say that the 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 the, the K ride that I used to use, I used to use that kind of ride. Just it was just a K ride. Um, it was a what are they called. I can't remember the name of any of the Zildjian stuff now. God, it's so awful. Um, like the. Um, I'm trying to think of them. I just don't remember the names of any of this stuff. Uh, but it was like a, it was just, it was called a K ride, but it was like a darker um, custom. I think it was custom, I think. Anyway, I used that ride all the time. Uh, and it was okay. I never really liked it, to be honest with you, but I had it and, it, you know, it was a jazzy symbolish, but it was just really not my sound, really. Um but it was very easy to play. And the A vintage hi-hats I had were very easy to play, you know. And then I had a, I used to have this um, K Special Edition. What was it called now? Um, custom 
K Custom Crash 17. That was a really nice ride cymbal that I bought secondhand off somebody. And I used to use it, yeah, as a ride 17, because it was quite bright, but it was, it was sort of, it was when I first really started getting into a different sound world in the cymbals. And that was the cymbal that was really the bridge for me. Because it was a crash and it was 17, small symbol, but there's something about it that I really like riding on it. And it was definitely sort of, it caught my ear, you know, and took me down a different direction. Um, but and I used to have this HHX Evolution Crash. All those symbols were really easy to play. And when I moved over to the Istanbul, uh, these AGOPs, the thing that I really noticed was that. Um, but I wasn't on it technically. And then it didn't deliver the clarity, you know, didn't deliver the detail. So these these when I got these symbols this year, these uh, Mattia Borges, these high outside, it was they I felt like they just got a bit of that quality that the Zildjians kind of had in that relation to detail that the Istanbuls didn't have, you know. So I was talking to him about that. And I was also saying that they have a nice, you know, when you and I said the 30ths are really fiddly. And I said, Adam Nussbaum played my 30th anniversary 15s. And he said, they were fiddly, man. These are fiddly. And he kept sort of flicking them when he was playing. Because they were vacuuming, you know, that vacuum thing. And, and John said to me, oh, yeah, I just drilled. I just drilled mine. And then he showed me he's, um, he had, uh, he's got Constantinople bottom, uh, the highest he was playing that, he, that he's got on his teaching kit anyway, 14. And he got three big holes in them, you know, just big proper big drill holes, you know. Um, and he was just like, yeah, I just drilled them. And I was like, oh, right, yeah, yeah. And he said, that just sorts that whole problem out, you know. So I've done that with these. These have got, um, the 30ths have got a, quite a, you know, it's a reasonable size hole. Uh, and then a very, uh, quite a small hole. Um, but they've kind of confirmed to me that they're going to stay with me. You know, I also drilled, uh, I have these 14 traditionals, um, which had a little bit of a hard life at one point with, a, um, yeah, anyway, interesting story that I won't tell on here, but, um, but I drilled these as well, two big, quite big holes in the bottom of these, and these play miles better now, now they've got holes in the bottom, you know, so, um, and then I've got a pair, I've got a basically, um, I call them my, New Beats, they're the, the, the medium traditional uh, Istanbul agops. And then I've got a pair of medium traditional agops with a flat bottom. Um, and they've got some rivets in, actually. I put some rivets in the flat bottom. But obviously the flat bottom hi-hats, they, they are um, like, the new, like the quick beats. They're drilled as, any, as well because they do have a, an issue with vacuum, you know. So they, they always stick four big holes in them. And, and, of course, you get that lovely fast vibe with them and of course i was thinking yeah yeah that's why because you because they're drilled if they um they don't have the issue with the vacuum so you never get that problem with the with the when you're sort of playing left foot two and four or using the hi-hats in ballads or whatever and you just get this you just don't get any sound you get this kind of you know and the 30th really suffered from that before i drilled them and now they don't they're just mega now you know so it was a, it was a really good thing but i think it's sort of devalued them um significantly you know so it's great there's no incentive to sell them now because 
when I bought the 15 and a halves, I did consider selling them because I sort of have this one in one out policy thing, you know, um, uh, sort of have that policy. Um, I have it more with, with symbols than I do with hi hats. So, um, even though obviously hi hats are symbols, but yeah, so, you know, what is it about these, these fifth, the bigger sizes that appeal to me for my sort of everyday playing? Well, you know, one is having this. having this bigger body you know uh, I'm just going to take them off while I'm, while I'm talking hopefully I'm going to hit this microphone uh, I don't think I'll be able to get it uh, I sort of tried to position the mic so that I wouldn't hit the mic but I've still not quite got that right so um, yeah just take these off just to come I'm going to I'm going to go to my other extreme and my other extreme is a very recent buy and these things uh, these things are beautiful, but people would be like, why did you buy these? Well, uh, I bought them because I actually like this range of symbol. Istanbul brought out this range called Alchemy years and years ago. Um, and they had sort of three different parts to Alchemy, really, generically. There was kind of the rock and then the media, I think media or whatever, and then this thing called Sweet. Um, and the sweet ones were basically like, um, they're like traditionals, hand hammered, and then they're lacquered, you know. So, but this is the other extreme. And I bought these, I bought these for studio stuff. say to myself to not speak when I'm playing the hi-hats to make it easier to mix this uh, it's going to be a nightmare mixing it though I know it is so this is the other extreme and again you know th these are uh, these sort of symbols are, are great if you're playing sort of you know that kind of stuff um but i always want them as an option you know so i'm just taking them off and so these are 14 inch um alchemy and they're like the mediums they're quite heavy you know they're they're basically if you're 
if you know the Zildjian Z, um, the Zeds. So um, they're really they're great hi hats. They're, a lot of people discount them because they're like a rock hi hat. They're a phenomenal hi hat. It's one of the best. I think it's one of the best hi hats that Zildjian have ever made. You know, there's something about them that's just really really um they record so well and also if you're gigging and it's a certain sort of gig you know like for instance the disco classical thing i won't use my 15s either of them they're just the wrong symbols you know for that even though a lot of that music and the production actually the hi-hats is quite a sort of you know like a that 60s 70s fat sort of sound the problem you've got when you when you're playing like in a you know on a big stage and you you know it's like an open and outdoor thing which those gigs always are, is that they they just don't cut through you know, um, so you end up in this situation where where I always go I opt for these, um, here they are so I'm gonna actually put them on the high side so these are um, oops just whacked into the mic stand sorry about that. Um, these are the these are the fourteen traditionals with the um, just the regular mediums. These are these are a fantastic pair of hi hats. Very very versatile. I mean, I could do easily do a jazz gig with these. These are you know they're very very nice cymbals. Fast, but you can still play jazz. So you got all that vibe going on. But also when you're playing like a playing like a ballad, you know, turn the snare off. Uh, know you still got they've still got that character about them i can still and i'd be happy to be playing with the, with the piano trio or you know with the singer or vocalist or something and playing you know like quite sort of dynamic music and and using these things and i also you know i um i've drilled two holes in the bottom of these so there's they just sound mega, they sound quick. So these are 14 medium, yeah? 14 mediums. Um, no idea what the weight is actually. I haven't put any weight on these, but they're, you know, they're, they're sort of, they're generically heavy-ish, you know? But not, not, not like those alchemists, so just, just whacked into the, mu the music stand again, the, the mic stand again. Now these, these are the, um, these are the mediums, but with the flat bottom. So um, I was very lucky. Barry 
I, I contacted Barry a, a long, long while ago and I said, I need a, have you got a medium, can you get me a medium, uh, traditional medium hi-hat, just a top? I don't want a bottom hi-hat. And uh, he said, oh, oh I'll, I'll ask, I'll go and ask them in, um, in Turkey, you know, I'll go to Istanbul and see if they'll make you one. And, it, and they did. And interestingly, they sound smaller, don't they? Check that out. So there's two reasons why. One obviously is the bottom higher is flat. Got the um, and you can hear the rivets. So the rivets just add a bit of sizzle. Now that's kind of I think it's a thing that people have been kind of going on about being it's a trendy thing. And actually, it was done, you know, Elvin had uh, rivets in, in his bottom hi-hats, you know. So it's been, uh, it's been done, I'm afraid. Um, I just experimented with these because I wanted to try. Um, I wanted this extra bit of um, sparkle in them because they were quite bright anyway, but I wanted something to add to the sparkle but um, but not the brightness, if that makes any sense. And they, I think it's kind of achieved it. So these are these are great for you know for that kind of. Again, you can do all that same stuff. All those kind of those kind of effects, because it's just a tra traditional top, but the bottom obviously is this flat bottom. So they're very useful. Now they're the higher. Oh, oh smashing into the mic. And yeah, so was the thing I was trying to avoid doing. Anyway, that's fine. Um, these would be my go-to hi-hats for disco classical, yeah? Because they have, they have enough brightness to cut, but they're slightly warmer than the, um, than the alchemies, you know. Um, the alchemies were bought really as for recording. They were for, for the studio, you know. Uh, it's interesting because in Logic I have um, I have lots of presets for my different hi hats, um, and obviously for this I'm going to just use a sort of generic on uh, generic on that channel. Um, but I do have specific EQs for the different hi hats because obviously they you know they sound different. Um, not on the overheads on the KM. I have a generic sort of setting for the KM Y fours, which I have as my overheads in here. But for the the four five one B the AKG, uh, I do have uh, different settings for that for different size of hi hats. So 
Uh, but I'm going to, you know, obviously you'll be able to hear from this the, the difference between the hi-hats with the with a sort of generic EQ, which is quite interesting, I, I think, quite nerdy. So just to come to the last pair that I have, uh, that I own now, because this is it. I only own five pairs of hi-hats. You'd be surprised to hear. Well, maybe you're not surprised to hear. Maybe you don't care. It's absolutely fine. And this is the most hi-hats I've owned for quite a few years. I was down to... Uh, I was down to three pairs at one point um, because the traditional mediums, I'll never sell them. Uh, and then the other traditional mediums with the flat bottom, uh, I'd never sell them either because they're so useful. And uh, and they're not worth anything. So they're not worth selling and they're super useful. So it's like a perfect vibe, you know. And now I've drilled the, the medium traditionals and they definitely are devalued, you know. Um, and then... The the 30th I've had for a long while, and again, you know, I, I was never considering selling them until I bought these, which was my I bought these this year, um, in 2021, and I'm so so happy with them. They're so beautiful, um, and they're very interesting symbols. They're 985 and 986 grams, so they're almost the same weight by gram. Very very cool. I do put the 986 gram on the bottom because it's slightly heavier. That's my view. I just defaulted to that because I believe that the, the top hi-hat should be lighter. Just to contradict that completely, when I, if I, like with Tom McRae, I use my 30th anniversaries. If we're recording, I'll use them uh, as they are with the, with the thinner symbol on the top. And the dark, the, the sorry, the, the heavier symbol on the bottom. If we're playing live, I'll use the heavy, the the, the thicker symbol on the top, and put the, the lighter symbol on the bottom. Um, they sound great the other way around. I'll, in fact, I'll hope I'll try and remember to demonstrate that in a minute if I actually remember to do that. Um, sorry about that. These are just the Mattia buggies. So these are the Mattia symbols. So you can hear like they've got body, body, got this kind of low, lots of detail, but really smoky. So interesting, yeah. Angle on that stand. That's better. And they've got all this. Very, very gentle. Same stick as before that wasn't working at all on the traditionals, you know. This is really controllable. You really can, if you like, oh, I don't want to split. I want to keep on that harmonic. You can pick it up. If you want to split the harmonic and go, you'll put more weight in. You've got all those little options. Uh, they're just very interesting symbols in, in, in relation to that. And they really, they really, you know, they, they generate tone, you know. And then just for normal playing, 15 they're pretty quick you know they're not they're not slow symbols 
it's normally the bigger bigger hi-hat. I was gonna get my my weird gonna get my um i've got a, i've got some 17s which which are not 17s because uh, steve jordan uh, does a pair of signature 17 pasty these are there's an it's an alchemy crash 17 that i cracked quite a long time ago and couldn't replace because they discontinued the range and um so i drilled it and put some rivets in, uh, put some um put some rivets in it and also what else did i do with it um oh no just put different types of rivets in it put some very thin and some thicker rivets in it and then um i also uh i bought this cracked that had been cut and repaired uh medium alchemy crash symbol and it sounds awful but it's a great bottom hi-hat with that and then i bought one of those exist um I don't know what they're called. The ones with the holes in. Can't remember the name. It's in a symbol case in there. And that's a 17. And so I use them together. They use the one with the rivets on the bottom and use that on the top. So and that's that's all the cool. That's for all the cool stuff, you know. But um, I don't play that kind of music really, but it was like an option just for recording, really. But the sweetest of all of them, these are the sweetest of the lot. You know, and just even for that sort of... A bit a little that a little bit of that pitching on them you know? they actually don't change a great deal which is for me is a really great thing in a hi-hat because when you're putting pressure on the hi-hat closing it you want it to have a you want it to have a i think you want it to have a maximum pressure point with the pitch that's that's quite close to to it being closed and doesn't have a huge range. Um, cheaper symbols generally have a bigger range, I find, because they bend. Um, weirdly, the 14 medium traditionals have quite a range to them. Not, but you've already got to work hard to kind of get that going on. But these are. You can really, really lean on them, but you know, you're never going to do that. But I just want that sort of consistency when I'm closing the... But, but for them to not be thick and generic and characterless, you know. So if you've got a thicker, 
like the alchemy uh, hayats i've got those uh, mediums they're kind of characterless in a way um you know they, they have they're, they're one they have kind of one dimension i'm sorry hayats it is a bit more one dimensional i i do think um they're very useful i don't like saying things like that about my hayats but these are not one dimensional they're multi-dimensional and and so the 15s you know um, and i just think that's the thing the sort of thinner bigger symbols um that's the vibe for me you know is they just they they are they kind of have a wider character of stuff going on so this is the these are the 15s the istanbuls but this is with the this is the, the McRae setup, I call it, with the bottom hi-hat on the top and the um, and the the top hi-hat on the bottom. Let's get that sorted out. So. so that's that's me playing the bottom hi-hat. This is me playing. It's a little bit, because it's slightly thicker, it's slightly higher pitched. I use these for, yeah, for, for his music. Just, those gigs tend to be in bigger rooms. I don't want them to be trebly, you know, so I need the bigger room thing, but I don't want the bigger room pitch and sound, you know. So it's kind of finding that cut with a dark sound and they that seems to work really well you know uh, but i'm just putting them back the other way around um but this 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 position the normal um and it, it, there's quite a big weight difference with these 30s the, the the top to the bottom um never weighed them but even just feeling the weight in my hands you know it's quite a big difference and again you know i think it's nice about these 30s you know there's lots of of options and the other thing's nice about them as well is they have a kids do with the back of the brush that stuff people do it with a stick as well but it's i think it's better with a brush or you're doing the 
or you're doing the the what I call the the the, the kabasa thing or the shaker. Then they've, they've got a nice um, lathing. That's the word I'm looking for. Lathing. It's very important. Whereas like, um, oh, the book, the book ones have a very nice lathing. Um, but the alchemies have no lathing, so you can't do anything like that with the alchemy. So it's a bit of a, bit of a nightmare in that respect. Um, so that's kind of what I've ended up with and what I've used. So, the, the, so a pair of highs that I really regret selling um, and I don't even remember why I sold them. I think I might have sold them to a guy I was teaching at college. He was, he was a pop student who was doing sort of drum and bass stuff. And and uh, I wasn't using these cymbals a lot. Um, but I had some 13 Alchemy Sweet. And they were, as described by Barry Race, peaches, you know. They were really beautiful. And they were very cheap cymbals. Um, and they sounded amazing. But... And I like a 13. A lot of people don't like 13s because they, they lack the body, you know. And and it's they don't have the body of a 14, and they obviously don't have the body of a 15. But um, I used a pair of 13s for years, and I think I already told this story. And they were they were an odd pair. Me and drummer, great drummer called Pat Ellingworth. We had the opposites from each pair. So he had the top Istanbul and the bottom K that I had, the top K in his bottom Istanbul. And uh, they sounded better when we swapped them than, than their natural partner, you know, the, the, the original symbol they were, they were sold or, or created with. So, um, And I sold, I sold that pet to a, a guy I taught at college who, who borrowed them for a couple of years, and, uh, and I, w I just wasn't using them. And, and I, I, was, I don't regret selling them. I was very happy that he, um, that he got them, and I hope he's still playing them, Dan. Um, but this, this pair of 13 alchemies I had, these sweets, were mega. And, they, and again, I'm like, why did I sell those symbols? They were so good, you know, such a nice, interesting, unique-sounding pair of hi-hats, you know. And... And so I think that's the thing is, is I just encourage you, if you have one pair of hi-hats, I mean, it's all financial, isn't it? And it's so easy to say, go and get yourself some more hi-hats, you know, and blah, blah, blah. But um, I think if you're, if you're in that kind of, and this is not an anti-Zildjian or Sabian or pasty kind of comment, by the way, it's nothing to do with that. But the, uh, as a financial thing, they, you can find some really nice, alternatives to those premium brands shall we say for half the money that are as good an instrument as theirs you know and in my view all my hi-hats i i think they're superior personally but that's my view you know i think my hats are beautiful they're very very um very very super beautiful symbols you know and uh I've not paid. I'm not even the Coropes and and what have you. The only the only like I said before, the only pair of Zildjians that I ever played that I really think stand up to these were those ones I sold. Those those A vintage, and you don't see a lot of them around. You know, you don't see a lot of that of that range around. Um, they've got this that 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 sort of Avidas logo. Um, 
and yeah, they're just called the Vidas Vintage, and uh, they were, I think they were, I can't remember when they started making them, in, in the noughties, you know, and they were kind of a heart back to this traditional, and they really, you know, the rides, the rides were okay, the crashes were lovely, quite rare to find the crashes, and all higher, I played, uh, I owned a pair of 14s, but I played about four or five different pairs of 14s, and there was a pair that I wanted to buy and didn't buy, and they were absolute stonking hi-hats. They were awesome, so beautiful, really playable, you know, just that thing of really playable. And, I, I you know, I've, I've played a lot of Constantinopoles since then, which are very nice hi-hats, and Karopes. You know, I personally prefer, you know, again, it's kind of leaning towards my tendency anyway, I prefer, I prefer the 15 Karopes to the 14s. That's my personal thing, you know, but I've played some nice 14s. They're very, very nice symbols. The, the, the only thing with them is they're very expensive, you know. Um, I mean, even the 30th anniversary Zildjians, which are the punchy, they're the pricey kind of symbols. The 15s are in the 400s, you know. Um, you can get some sort of secondhand or maybe shop that have been shop kind of used for um, maybe on just under 400 quid for a pair of 15s. What what I would recommend really looking for in that range is finding a fantastic pair of 14s. There's a lot of nice 14s around with the 30th anniversaries, in my opinion. Lots and lots of... I'd like a pair of 14s, 30th anniversaries, actually. I've just not got round to... Um, to find in some there was a there was a guy I taught at college and he went and bought some and I went up with him and, and he picked them out and his were corkers and I kind of they were my favorite 14s ever played and, and and he kind of bought them and I was like well if I can't find any that sound as good as his then there's no point in having them you know there's no point in buying a pair um, so I've not had kind of opportunity yet to to play another pair that was nice as that but I've heard a lot of nice pairs of those of those hi-hats and second hand, they tend to be pretty reasonable, you know. And, you know, the second hand market for those tends to be pretty good because the people that buy them tend to be a little bit geeky like me, you know. They tend to be people that are into, tend to play maybe jazz or more kind of gentle music. And, uh, and they tend to be sort of, you know, buying buying them and then moving on to someone else, you know, that's kind of a bes little bit bespoke. You know, like a carope or or a custom symbol or something. You know, one of these one of these kind of custom made things, um, or maybe or even to the Bosphorus kind of thing. You know, Bosphorus makes some nice symbols. They really do make some really nice symbols. Um, so, you know, and then the you know, and then if you're looking around, you maybe occasionally see like the uh, Spitzuccino or something. Very rare symbols. Very expensive. Um, they are worth the investment, in my opinion, because I think the values of them will continue to rise. Um, like my view with the Craviotto stuff, you know, especially the custom shop stuff. Um, I'm looking to have a custom shop snare, um, which, you know, will, I think, carry on going up in value, I think. Very, very well made, you know, and... Um, and uh, plays they play so well you know really really um, very very well made thing that sounds fantastic you know so i think yeah spitzuccinos I, I don't know if i've ever seen any spitzuccinos hi-hats secondhand but um 
And then some other good stuff to look out for I'd really recommend is is the Tosco or the UFIP stuff. You know, if you ever see any of that stuff around, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, but, but yeah, try and, if you know, if you're a one Hayat kind of player, I, I'd recommend adding something to that little portfolio, you know, just uh, just an option. It's just an option for different situations, you know. Um, I mean, some people um, will say, well, I use these and they work for everything. And and I think that's a fair thing to say because I think what what if I think what I would mean if I was saying that it was they work for me for everything because I feel comfortable playing them, you know. And I think if you feel comfortable playing something, you're always serving the music in the best way you can serve it, can't you? You know, uh, I don't get into that thing of, you know, like I really struggle sometimes with, with my Black Beauty snare. You know, it's got big die-cast hoops. And it can be quite hard to play in certain situations in certain music. And uh, I was recording with it recently, and, uh, you know, I'm not match fit at the moment. And uh, and we were f we were having a bit of a scrap with each other, you know. We were fighting each other, and it's just that thing of finding finding the spot, finding the right way to play the instrument. Where's the crav? And this sonor I've got here, this is like a just a steel sonor five five and a half or whatever, you know. I mean, the sonor is this is this sounds all right. This drum is not a great drum. It's okay, but the uh, the crav is so I've, I'm. S so tuned in to playing with that with that snare you know and, and it took me a long time to learn to play that snare because it's so responsive and barky and it's got so much sensitivities you've got to you have to rebalance the way in which you interact with it you know um whereas the black beauty is it's a it's a kind of size and dimension thing it's just the the way in which how big the rims are and in relation to the angle to to rim shot into the snare or not rim shot in the snare you know it's a it's a bigger angle there's a there's there's a it's not as flat to the drum you know um you know this sonor is tuned i'll tune it down a little bit actually but it was tuned quite high so there was like there was not a lot of rim above the shell and the Black Beauty is the opposite. It's loads of rim above the shell. So you kind of, you know, it's a, it's a completely different angle of attack, you know, which has a massive, for me, because especially sitting lower, uh, it was really trying to find, you know, trying to find the angle, the right angle. So, you know, and it's the same with, uh, with I tend to be, with all the hi-hats that I've got, I tend to be able to play them all pretty much equally. The, the hi-hats that I find the hardest to play are the 15 um, inch 30th anniversaries because of like I alluded to earlier on I think that when you're not totally on your A game technically they do it's, you've just got to eke a little bit more you know they don't give you as much as the bounce you know they're softer symbols so they, the stick absorbs into the metal in a different way than the, than the, the medium traditionals which are bouncy and the, the alchemies which are super bouncy so so anyway, that's kind of, um, yeah, what else did I want to talk about? I wanted to just talk about this shell thing. And I, and I didn't, this is how disorganized I am. I didn't get the shells. Mm. I didn't get them out of my drum bag. I'm just going to grab them, actually. Um, and what I mean by the shells is... <coughs> shells. You know, people... Eric Howell and all these funky people, they put them on the floor toms and stuff, don't they? 
Um, I like them around a hi-hat, and I like them with these 15s. So you put them around the hi-hat stem, and then you just, just under the clutch, and then especially respond to the foot thing. So you've got that thing of, um, if you're playing with the foot and then you're playing with the hand, you get, and you can sort of arrange it so you get a bit less of the. So, so yeah, it's a really, really nice thing. These are, I don't remember where I got these shells from, but um, um, I went through a bit of a stage of, of using the shells a lot on the hi-hats, and two pairs as well, to get really kind of loud, crack, 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 you know, just that kind of thing. Um, I've not, not been using them for a while, but um, but it's just another option. And they work really nicely with these 15s, the, the size of the cymbal and the sound of the cymbal and the way in which they kind of, um, the sort of buttery, because the buttery anyway is a buttery kind of nature to the way that the, um, these shells kind of, I don't know, just kind of work together, you know. Um, you know, it sounds to me like they're absor sort of absorbing into each other, which sounds a bit insane, so it's fine. Um, you know, it's just kind of sound and how we imagine sound and um, it's all, it's just more, for, for me, it's just getting, it's just all about sound these days. I kind of, it's, I just realised that everything has to be from a happy place of that and then everything else works. And if that isn't working, nothing works. You know, uh, even if I'm technically not having a good day or whatever, I'm not kind of on it. If the sound's there, then at least, you know, I can make a decision to stay away from anything technical and don't, don't need to be technical really most of the time, actually, you know. Um, but if your sound's not there, you know, you're, 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 it's not a decision, is it? It's a nightmare. <laughs> so anyway, that's blah, blah, blah. So anyway, that's kind of, I, I don't think there's much else really to talk about. I made some notes, actually. I'm just going to double-check I haven't missed anything obvious, which I probably have, because I always do, because I end up rambling on into a load of other stuff. Um, um, let me find... Where is my notes? There's my notes. Um, yeah, sounds, styles, sizes, blah, 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 boom. Yeah, rivets, drilled holes, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, I think I've... Um, I mean, the styles thing's kind of obvious in a way, isn't it? Um, you know, because at the end of the day, um, I think the style 
the style of music that you generally play, we do gravitate to a sort of generic thing for that style, don't we? You know, and and there's a reason why those things work. Um, but I do think that there are certain symbols that um, that kind of have an interesting crossover thing across different styles. Um, um, and there's obviously there's certain symbols I, do, I will not use in certain situations because they just don't work and it's the wrong sound, you know. And the same with ride symbols and all that kind of stuff. I don't want to go go into all that now. So, um, so yeah, brilliant. That's kind of uh, I think that's it really. I think I'm going to call it a day there because um, I'll just end up wittering on about a load of other stuff. But yeah, thanks for listening, and um, I'll be back in um, yeah uh, a couple of weeks. So bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.